welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. We are on episode 28. It's a nice, sunny, breezy day here, uh, at least in my part of the world. I don't know about you guys. It sucks for you if it's not, but uh, feel, feeling pretty good over here. As always, I'm back with my co-host, the Anti-Cool. What's going on, man? On the day where I should be feeling like some sort of elation and... um I, I guess a, a tad bit of sadness following UFC 212. I'm just, I'm just really angry. So. <laughs> All right, Ang- anger makes for good shows. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, this, I don't even know how to start this off. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? Let's start this off properly because today is a tragic day in MMA, regardless of this week's news. Today is a day one Kevin Ferguson left this world, and uh, I I just want to pay homage to the man known as Kimbo Slice. Oh yeah, that was exactly a year ago. I think. It was exactly one year ago today. Yeah, feel... For you people, for everybody else, this will be like a day or two later. But for us, this is the day that Kimbo Slice left us one year ago. Man, that went by really fast. Like... Yeah. And just to, th- and to think, Muhammad Ali died like three years ago or three days ago, one year ago. So like they went within days of one another. Man. Yeah, rest in rest in peace to Kimbo. Got his son out here doing know, the damn yeah, thing, carrying the torch. Do you remember the first Kimbo fight you watched? And I don't mean like professional. Like, do you remember like his his street okay, fighting so bits? I I, I I was not internet savvy back in the day when Kimbo was doing his thing and you know letting up Pornhub but um the first Kimbo fight I ever saw was him knocking out Ray Mercer (laughs) (laughs) it's just me having my mind blown (laughs) one of these men fought for a heavyweight title in boxing man yeah that I remember watching some of his fights and just like I I remember there was one fight I, I, I believe so and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong but I swear there was one time he punched the dude so hard that like his dread fell out yeah <laughs> blown never I don't like I, I don't know how hard you have to be I mean how hard you have to hit to knock somebody's dread out but like that <laughs> That's an incredible amount of force you have to generate. Say what you want about his fighting career. None of your favorite fighters have ever punched somebody's dread out. <laughs> like, that's insane. Also, uh, freaking Kimbo Slice, um, he, he is the true combat sport um, 
I, I don't know how to put this. He is the true combat sports story distilled down to his rawest form, where he got people to care about him. He is real life Rocky. Really? Yeah, he really is. Like, this man took a, a small regional feud with another man and turned it into one of the biggest draw uh like one of the biggest drawing tv cards in mma history and the biggest card in freaking bellator history right and i'll say regardless of how you might feel about him or his rise of stardom like he he took advantage of a situation but but i I like him because he he was you know so what he was a street fighter and all but he was a, a very respectful dude i don't think he dude put use that money and put his kid through college yeah like yeah like, so this is not a man who went, who took that money and just squandered it on like new cars and like a, a fancy mansion. He 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 really turned it into a positive. Right. And it sucks. The sport probably killed him. Yeah. Yeah. But he 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 definitely he he drew he drew a lot of eyes in man. He drew a lot of eyes in. So yeah, man. Respect to Kimbo Slice, street street fighting legend. <laughs> Probably you could say MMA legend just as far as, like, he, he made a big impact while he was here. Regardless of how you felt, he drew eyes, you know, in yeah. the, the short time that, that he was here. But, so, yeah, rest, rest in peace to, to Kimbo Slice. Um, I guess we'll we'll get on with it. Um, UFC 212 happened this uh, past Saturday in Brazil. Um, it's a pretty interesting card, <laughs> to say the least. Lots of uh, lots of happenings, lots of beatdowns. Um, I guess we will just start from the top. <laughs> uh, the the king was dethroned um, again. Yeah, again. again. Sadly. Yeah. Um, Max Holloway riding a a ten fight now a eleven fight win streak with this win. Uh, came in and and snatched the crown from. It's it's still weird seeing Aldo lose. Like this almost felt weirder to me than the Connor fight because like the Connor fight, like he kind of just exploded. He he definitely got over aggressive. He got caught with yeah. a bomb, <laughs> and you know like that could have happened to anybody. Yeah, this was not that. This yeah, was, this was not that at all. This was Max Holloway came out and had a game plan and a. Yeah, had to go. These two had to fight. Um, these two had to reach into their pockets to fight. You know, yeah. they had to reach in their like they had to dig down and fight to fight. And to Jose's credit, I thought I mean up until the knockout, he I thought he was doing fairly well. I gave him the first round. He landed. I think it was pretty early. He caught Max with a left. He backed him up a little bit, and then he he kind of had a nice little flurry going. Hmm. And he he was pretty patient in the first. Still, slightly the Jose of old, minus the leg kicks, which kind of mind-boggled me that he didn't really use those. I, remember, I think he threw one leg kick in round one, he, and then he threw one leg kick, and it was actually the only—I want to say—the only combination in the first round that Max Holloway landed. Yeah, I, I had to go back and watch it. I, I didn't realize that he actually—that was the one combination he landed off of. Like when Aldo threw the leg kick, trying to move, uh, pivot out and move out of the way, he still got hit. Yeah. So um, I'm assuming yeah, I'm assuming that was a big um dissuading factor. He he looked good in the first, but 
it was a point probably about midway through the second where like I just had this feeling that even though Jose not he wasn't dominating but you know he he was still looking pretty good but like you could slowly feel that Max was starting to yeah the momentum was coming and the thing that worried me was Aldo has been known in the past to slow down somewhat and you know those third fourth and fifth rounds and Max doesn't he never slows down like he well the thing with Aldo and I don't think I realized this until either uh his last fight with Edgar or um the first fight I I or not the second Chad Mendes fight is I don't think he so much slows down as uh he gets a sense of what uh, like what his opponent's going to do and he just kind of hits cruise control because he's he has them figured out so he doesn't see a reason to overexert himself but that was never going to work with Max Holloway because Max Holloway just continues to not even continues he builds as the fight goes on right like he will be he will throw more punches in the fifth round of a fight than he will in the second and I, I think it was the second round actually when he was that the second when he started to get his Nate Diaz on he, he was oh, yeah. doing a no, little no, that was at the end of the second yeah round, man he realized that Aldo wasn't going to be able to knock him out yeah and yeah like Aldo gave him some some good shots and you know that- I worry that all the land in the first round would have finished basically any other featherweight right now. And even with that flurry, is I'm pretty sure it did damage. But there was never a point where I was like, "Oh, Holloway's out of this." Like, yeah, he got hit, and he he still had his wits about him. He he came right back in all those face. Like, <laughs> this guy's he's a machine. Like, there's <laughs> no there's no other way to put it. Like, Holloway is a, a machine. Holloway is one of the top like like three or four strikers in MMA right now. He is so good at adjusting and just being able to do like a little, like not even a little like everything. He can counter. He can come forward. He can like he can find the outside. He can find the inside. He can find the clinch. Like there was a um he mentioned this in the post fight. In the second round, he threw like this round kick knee de- uh, like deal off an uh, um while countering Aldo like who was try- who was I think he threw an overhand and was dipping to get his head out the way, and it really just changed the course of the fight, uh, according to Holloway anyway. Yeah, that was in the in the second round. Yeah, he landed that. And uh, I gave Aldo the first two rounds, but it seemed pretty clear at the end of the second that all the momentum was going to uh, to Holloway, who was just like getting his timing. He, he he had a feel for what Aldo was doing with his hands, like he realized the leg kicks weren't coming and that Aldo wasn't really wasn't going to shoot, and the the counter he used to put him down in the third was just beautiful. Yeah, the one two uh, just uh, move out the way for the uh, Aldo's return fire and then land the one two again. again. Yep. Uh, and then once he got him on the ground, that was uh. I mean, Aldo tried to survive. He survived for a little bit. He was, he was hanging on for dear life. But yeah, he was down there for like ninety seconds. Yeah, but like Holloway, just relentless pace of not letting him get too comfortable. And I, I had no problem with the stoppage. I mean, he, I know Aldo threw the thumbs up, but he ate a lot of shots down there and just covering up. You know, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's not. 
That's not enough. That's why. It's, it, that's why it's intelligent. Was intelligent, intelligible defense. Like it, it's not you fight until the other man is knocked out. You fight until the other man is incapable of escaping the position he's in, right. where he's just getting the shit stomped out of him. And yeah, he just that pace in the third round. Like yeah, you could tell. Like he he has this. I don't know. This dude has like a third and fourth and fifth gear that he just I don't know if it's a switch or just it's like if he was a video game character like when he gets hit somehow his health bar increases yeah. <laughs> like it helps him out and he just he just unloads and yeah in the third man you could just you could feel the momentum just shifting yeah, like you said once the one two landed and he put him down yeah I, I kind of had that feeling it was it was over I think he he landed a pretty nasty like right hand ground and pound like right before he totaled him up and then, yeah, that was that was all she wrote. That was that was so, all she wrote. Heading into this fight, I called um, Holloway like the most worthy challenger Jose Aldo's faced, including like Connor and uh, Frankie. And ju- like listen to the like li- listen to he was on a ten fight w- winning streak. Listen to the five guys he beat to get to the title shot. So it's Cub Swanson, Charles Oliveira. Jeremy Stevens, Ricardo Lamas, Anthony Pettis. All those guys were in the top 10 when he faced them. He went through five top 10 opponents on top of five other wins to get a title shot. And I don't remember all those fights, but I'm pretty sure some of those were pretty one-sided. <laughs> None of them were... Uh, the most competitive, I want to say, was the um, the Swanson fight the first round of that fight like I, I guess the Pettis fight was kind of competitive at, 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 in the fact that um, Holloway wasn't really putting combinations together until like the end of the second third round uh, he, he was really just pot shotting a lot trying to get a feel for what Pettis was doing in there but like yeah none of these fights were really competitive like the Lamas fight ended with Holloway after like Holloway had beat him down for three rounds with Holloway just like pointing to the center of the cage right and just, like, just <laughs> yeah. throw the fuck down yeah i i knew this was gonna be a tough fight just based on like i think out of all the people aldo has fought like i, I guess you kind of say aside from frankie just like that toughness factor like you can't put him away this yeah. dude just there's no like this dude's only losses in the ufc are conor mcgregor uh mcgregor dustin poirier and dennis bermudez and the Dennis Bermuda's loss is the biggest fucking robbery I've ever seen in a fight. Because two judges saw the second round for Bermudez. It's a round where he spent four minutes and 30 seconds getting the shit stomped out of him. Like, literally got rocked like three times, got dropped, and he hit, he got a takedown with 30 seconds left on the clock. And they gave him the fight. Hmm. So. And out, outside of Connor's, uh, fights with Diaz, Holloway was probably his hardest fight. Yeah. Probably yeah. that was his, his hardest fight. And that yeah. was a, a young Holloway who still... That was that was a 21-year-old Holloway. Holloway, yeah. Not even. I think he was 20. It's crazy to think, like, how far... Like, I remember when he fought, um... I gotta look at his record. Was it Eve Jabon? Did he fight Eve? I'm trying to... I gotta pull his record up. He fought um, Justin Lawrence, Leonard Garcia, 
Pat Schilling, Will Chope, Andre Feely, Clay uh, Collard, Kira Kurosawa, Kursani, um, God, just the director, uh, and Cole Miller, on top of those other guys I talked about. Uh, I'm going to see that. But I remember watching one of his earlier fights when he was really young, and you could see, like, it was it was a lot of raw talent back then. You knew he had to polish himself up a little bit, but... Dude, the, the, the first, like, what, 60 seconds of the Dustin Poirier fight? He was great. It was be- like it wasn't much, but he he was landing on Poirier. Like he forced Poirier to get a takedown, and then from there it was you know all Poirier because that was back when Holloway had like no ground skills whatsoever. Dude, this dude is straight up just grown up inside the UFC. Pretty much. <laughs> Not even like pretty much. He's been in the UFC since twenty uh twenty twelve. Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. Oh, no, no, you're right. 2012, 2012, you're right, 2012. So, he, he debuts in February of 2012, so that's five years. He started his career in September of 2010, and all but four of his professional fights have been in the UFC. He's had seven, what, he's 20, what, yeah, 17 fights in the UFC, and he's won 14 of them. That's crazy. Yeah, looking at his record now, that's <laughs> like you don't see guys like that anymore. Like most dudes start like, off in yeah like, building up somewhere else. He, I mean, he fought in what is this K one champions three times, and then just went. Oh no, no that's, and then he has, that's X one heroes. Oh no, my bad, X one. And then so he he had a few, very few, fights outside of the UFC. Four, uh, five if you include his amateur. Uh, right, uh, right. About, about. But yeah, everything else UFC. Like, this is. Uh, I, I talked about this with, like, Rose Namajunas, who, like, grew up on Tough and in the U- who's grown up on Tough and in the UFC, basically, where I think she only had three pro fights before the UFC and, like, had all the spotlight, all the media attention on her. Like, how crazy is that? And he's only, like. <laughs> he's only he's, 25. He's only getting better. He's still got like another three, four years where he's gonna make like serious improvements. Right. And my 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 prediction, um, if because uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure, uh, I, well, I, you never know with these matchmaking, but I'm I'm pretty sure he, him and Frankie will probably tangle next, which is a fight I would love to see. And he's gonna beat the chef. But I was like, if, if Frankie if Frankie can't beat Max, Max is gonna hold this belt for a very 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 long time. Well, he's already, like I said, he's beaten like five other top ten fighters at featherweight. Right. Six, six including Aldo. Seven, if you're like me and you include um, De- uh, Benavidez. Uh, not, uh, yeah, Bermudez. If you include Bermudez, because I do, because that was a robbery. But like, for real, who else is there for him to fight? Yeah, he's. So at this point, <laughs> outside yeah. of Frankie, you might get a lot of rematches, and then. Like maybe Jason Knight does the damn thing and knocks out um, Lamas, Rick, Ricardo Lamas, and we and we get a fresh matchup there and Mursad Bektik comes back and Yair Rodriguez comes back and all these other dudes just like string together wins and like we and we get like a whole new infusion of blood. But for for the moment, Cub Swanson, Ricardo Lamas, Frankie Edgar, and I guess Jose Aldo. 
if they if they want to run that back eventually, if he wants to stick around and fight for a title again. But he he's beaten half of those. He's beaten like most of those guys already. Convincingly, Convincingly. <laughs> too. Like yeah, yeah. That's... Jones just tore his ACL, and he's not coming back. Yeah, that's that sucks. That was yeah. I forgot how that happened. So uh. it's like I guess you can do the um, winner of Ortega Moicano, but I I don't see that happening. God. Like, this is what happens when you let a guy go on a 10-fight win streak to get a title <laughs> Right. He, uh, he cleans out the division before he even gets the belt. Like, I can't think of another person who's done that. Like, no, like... Where he had to fight everybody in the division to get a title shot. <laughs> Maybe Damian Maya if he even gets his. But even Maya's run, I don't... Like, yeah, even Maya's run consists like, consist of guys who were... On their way out, I guess, like you know, Jake Shields and uh, Rick Story. Yeah, like although I mean not although, Holloway oh. fought all of these people like pretty much in their primes. Mo- I, most of them, or if they were on a downside, they weren't on like the serious. You know, I guess, I guess the only exception we'd make is for Pettis. Yeah. Rock. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, like dude, like the the Swanson he beat. It, had only previously been beaten by um Edgar like recently. Like, I don't, I I don't see how anybody beats him at one forty five. Yeah. And like I said, with Aldo, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I love Aldo, and I want to say he can beat him, but it's like, if you can't put Holloway away, <laughs> or if I, you can't just slow him down, like, yeah, like this. If if they do rematch, he he's gonna have to go on that tool shed and bring out those leg kicks. Like yeah. <laughs> the leg kicks have to, the one leg kick is not gonna. That's that's a sure way for disaster to strike. But to be honest, I, I I feel like if they have a rematch, like Holloway's confidence is probably on such a high right now that that's another thing. He's just so confident. Like we we kind of. I, I always give fighters a pass for being like arrogant because confidence is just such a big thing in this sport. And we see what happens with guys who don't have that confidence in themselves. Like, I, I think Vitor is one of those dudes where like he gets hit and like, just like all the will to fight just like goes, like exits him or, or he gets taken down and he just like stops fighting. And then, and then you have a guy like Max, guys like Max Holloway, or Conor McGregor, or like to an extent like Cody Garbrandt, who are just so confident in themselves, and and they're out here, and they're like in the cage, just throwing their hand, like throwing their hands up in the air and everything, because they're right. they're they're a hundred percent sure that they're better than the man in front of them, and they can take anything that they can uh, they can dish out. And the one in Jacek's the same way, like, and so far. <laughs> It's I mean, been working. It's working. Out. It's working. I hope. I hope they can do the um the Edgar Holloway fight in in Hawaii and just like do the damn thing. Yeah, that's that's the fight to make. Like you you can have it for BJ Penn's honor. Right. <laughs> this this is Hawaii's next golden child or current golden yeah. child, I should like, say. Like speaking of which, I think Holloway's way better than BJ Penn. By the way, I, I, at this point, I wouldn't argue. 
<laughs> After what I just saw, yeah, I, I wouldn't argue. Uh, real quick before we go to the next one, uh, what what do you think is next for Aldo? And let me say real quick, I, I get it. Aldo lost. He got he got battered up. But I don't get the whole. I don't think he should like hang it up. Like he didn't look retirement bad. No, at least not he to me. Great. Yeah, like so I don't get where like because I've been seeing a lot of people and the one thing I was afraid of. That it was like, if Aldo lost, I knew people were going to come out the woodwork just kind of like trying to discredit his entire body of work. Like, oh, he was never that good. Like, like dude, dude, straight up, fuck those people. Right. <laughs> like, 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 no. Jose Aldo fought through three generations of featherweight contenders. Like, I, I don't think a lot of my. Um, I was just straight up UFC fans realize this, but when uh, Jose uh, Aldo's debut fight was against a man named Alexander Franca Nogueira in the WC, right? He was uh, Nogueira was considered one of the very top featherweights on the planet. That was still uh, like he was the dude who went to uh, who was in Shudo, who was the lightweight champion, who had the def- who had defended the belt before. Um, he had taken some losses. He fought, like he f- lost to Tokoro and uh, Boku, but he was considered one of the top featherweights on the planet when he came to WEC. Like this was one of the guys they were missing. He, I, I guess you can compare them Hatsuyoki event uh, like down the line, but that was a very big win. Then he goes on a tear, beats Mike Brown and Uriah Faber. Destroys, like, <laughs> just straight up embarrasses both of them. Yeah, like this guy's body of work has been. Then, then he fights like UFC, uh, like lightweight, like greats, like Kenny Fury and Frankie Edgar, and Chad Mendes, Cub Swanson, and like Chance Sung Jung, like and Ricardo Lamas. Like that's three generations of fighters. Right. That's his. These are guys, like, Chad Mendes realizing, like, what an athlete and what a talent he is. I want you to think about this. Chad Mendes started his MMA career trying to beat Jose Aldo. Like, that, since the day he stepped on the, like, the day he stepped in the cage to be, like, the guy, he has been trained to fight Jose Aldo. And in two fights with him, he could not do it. And we all realize, like, what an amazing fighter Mendez is, right? Right. Yeah, like, at at, at that point, because that was when Connor kind of, he wasn't at his peak yet. So, yeah. like, other than Aldo, like, Mendez was that dude. Like, he was the guy at 45 that nobody else not named Aldo could really beat. And, like, <laughs> if you want a good example of this, look at Chris Weidman and Anderson Silva. Like, Chris Weidman explicitly states... He started MMA and was like, I can, like, he looked at Anderson Silva and was like, I think I can beat that guy. Like, that, to overcome that is absolutely bonkers in my mind. Yeah. So, yeah, for people who are out there just trying to discredit Aldo, I'm just going to have to assume that you just haven't done your homework. No, you if, just... if you're trying to discredit Aldo, you're, try, <laughs> you're trying to discredit Conor McGregor and Max Holloway. Right, because to the, this date, those are the 
both of them are their best wins. Yeah. So, and it's weird, and, and uh, I don't want to say on this too long, but it's weird, like, if you're a Connor fan and you're discrediting Aldo, like, that, that's almost, it's like a double negative. Like, Dude. Like, <laughs> imagine if, and I'm, I'm, I, I wasn't around back then, but imagine if people shat on Sonny Liston after Ali knocked him out. Right. Like, that's just insane to me. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's one of those things where, like, I feel like it's in all sports, too. Like, you lose I, a big fight like or a big this, game. I feel like this and... is something that happens more at the lower weights than it does at the higher weights because everybody has, like, a nostalgia boner for them. Yeah. Or, like, freaking, I, I don't know, Leo Mashiro can get away with losing, like, every other fight. But we remember the crane kick. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> we stick with the crane kick. But we remember, like, the evasive Machida and the uh, Machida era, even if it's, like, kind of a joke. But, like, we still talk about what a great fighter he is and what, like, one of the best strikers in MMA. He, like, I, I don't get it. Yeah. Like, as soon as guys lose at these lower weights, it feels like, especially, um, especially with Aldo. It's yeah. just insane. But I hope to see him back. Um, I, I don't know if he beats Max. He, he's got a lot of work <laughs> cut out ahead for him. Yeah, I, w- yeah, I would like to see him fight some some do, other. Do the, do the do the fun fight route, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what I would like to see. If, if they can get the fight with um, Dominic Cruz, that'd be awesome. If they can get the fight with uh, what's the dude's name? Who am I thinking of? Um, uh, Anthony Pettis. Yeah, yeah. I was saying that to somebody else. Yeah, I, I feel like at this point, Anthony that... Pettis at one fifty. Yeah, like that's that's the the fight to make now. Like it's it's the perfect time to do it. Just before that boat sails officially, and we just never get it. We just just make it now. Let's just get that over with. Dude, or you can just like move up to one fifty five and just take the fun fights. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. Like, although, despite getting finished here, although did not look bad, he did not look past it. He, he's on. He maybe he's on the decline, but his decline is not steep. Right. It's not Anderson Silva going from Anderson Silva going from like. Uh, no, not even that comparison. Like it's not. I'm trying to think of a really steep, quick drop off. It's not like Crow Cop going from knocking dudes out in like, Pride one year, and having the most boring fight in MMA history with Frank Mir. And then getting knocked out, <laughs> and that, yeah, and that's the that's the comparison. It's not like that. Yeah, it's him losing to a fighter on the rise who specifically trained his whole life to beat him, or not his whole life, but his whole martial arts career. Yeah, but we'll see, man. I hope to see Aldo back. Great, great win for Holloway. This this dude is gonna be must see TV anytime. Anytime you know, he's on the screen. You know, you know the, the really crazy thing is, Holloway is a dude who fight like every three months. He's never, like, he's rarely ever hurt. I think this was like his first. This has been his longest layoff, I think, in the like in the UFC. If not his longest, like like second longest. And it's only been like five months, six months. Little Cerrone. Like, <laughs> this, this, yeah, this dude has fought four times in a year before. I think. Uh, well, yeah, he's. I think he's done it twice, in fact. Like, 
did in 2015, did in 2014. Yeah, just workhorse. Just uh, did it uh, in 2012. You know, uh, well, this is the second longest layoff because they only fought twice in 2016. But hmm. like, if the UFC can gain an opponent every three months, like that's the way you build them up. <laughs> he cleans the division out within like a year or two. Uh, hey. <laughs> really, he's already halfway there. <laughs> Dude, like, one of the things I think that fighting is missing is just like a guy, a champion who will go out and kick somebody's ass every three months. Yeah. And maybe that's enough to entice Connor back to the sport. We'll see. Like maybe that creates enough buzz where Connor's like, oh, this guy I've beaten has gotten some buzz. He's selling some pay-per-views. Maybe I can come back and make a quick buck. We'll see. I would not be mad at that rematch if him and Connor fought again either. I take Holloway in a heartbeat. I, I think he's gotten that good since uh, since that first fight. Man, we'll see. Lots of lots especially, of good, especially good... in a five round fight. Yeah, five round fight. I definitely got yeah, definitely got Holloway. But we'll we'll see. It's a lot of just potential for fun. Just <laughs> a lot of fun, violent fights probably in in his future and. Good luck to anybody trying to take that belt, man. You got you got you got some work to do. Yeah. <laughs> you got a lot of work to do. Uh, speaking of work and being worked, this uh, this co-main event here. Quick. Work. Um. Yeah. Quick work. Uh, Claudia Gadelia and Carolina. I forgot how to say her last name. Kovalkevich. There we go. So um. Yeah. This was a quick. Uh, I don't know. Claudia punched in. Uh, the clock for work, and she did about a minute of work, maybe like three minutes, and then she went home. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, they started off pretty much on the feet, and yeah, Carolina did did pretty good. I think I say they were I'm trying to say if they were even. I don't know. Well, no, Claudia did catch her with a pretty nasty elbow in the clinch that like, one time. I, I, I don't remember any of the striking. I just remember them being on the ground and yeah, yeah like they. They they stood a little on the feet. I remember Claudia caught her with an elbow, and then yeah, eventually Claudia got double underhooks, took her down, and after she took her down, like it was, it was child's play. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like just to put this into perspective, um, Claudia Gadella has finished. Uh, was uh seventeen fights, uh, fifteen wins. She's finished nine times. Uh, to get the win, none of them have been the UFC. One of them was against uh, Ayaka, uh, Ayaka Hamasaki, who is who it took to the third round to stop. And it wasn't a stop; it was a stoppage because Hamasaki was too small to get from underneath her, so that she would get stop getting beaten on. And before that, um, Adriana Vieira, who I want to say is like a one o fiver. So, th- this was a big win for Cadella because it's probably the second best fighter she's ever fought be- behind uh, Yoanni and Jacek, and the quickest she's ever gotten them out. Yeah, <laughs> like she... that combination is like very, very significant. Yes, it's, it's, she's. I feel like there are a couple of people that are just in this position where, like, aside from the champ, who who's really gonna beat? <laughs> but you know the fucked up thing is Goodell should have won the first fight. 
Like, <sighs> man, she, she should have got the decision. Do you? We, we could be having a trilogy fight right now. I was gonna say, I feel like after I, um, I, say, I mean, I say just go with the narrative that Gadella should have won the first fight and and do the rematch. <laughs> I was gonna say, like at this point, who is there anybody you really put in front of? I'm mean, I'm I'm pretty sure they're not gonna give it to her next just because she recently lost. So I, I'm I feel like they're gonna try to throw someone else up there, but like you know, she's only like another fight or two. Good deal. If if I'm the UFC and I'm bringing in this um. This flyweight division. I, I tell you, wanna you stick in the division? We'll go make the. We'll go get this. All this other stuff set up. And the winner of what is it? Tough twenty six, has to fight Gadella for the title. For the one twenty five title, and and then the winner of that fight gets Joanna and Jacek next. Yeah. I said get weird with it, man. You got to. Because, like, at this point, I feel like if you keep Claudia at 125, she's going to destroy all of your, <laughs> your like, potential hopefuls that you thought would make it to the belt. If they have to go through Claudia, they're probably not going to win. Yeah. They're, they're probably going to get just... She's just... She's way... She's just... She's really, really well-rounded, man. Like, yeah, that, that's... You see her on your schedule, and it's probably not going to be a good day for you. Yeah. But... Yeah, I don't, I don't really have a lot to say about that fight. It was just a quick in and out, punched in, <laughs> three minutes of work, and went home. And I hope yeah. she enjoys her new house in Albuquerque with her fancy dog. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice little, little post-fight interview. Oh, and I meant to mention she she won by a rear naked choke. I don't think we said that earlier, but yeah, all you guys need to know: dominant performance, pretty much, and anybody not named Joanna, she probably destroys. So. Hope to see her again. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I, I hope they do do that 125 division so she can head up there and. Oh, it's a done. It's a done deal. Like they 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 did the um. Oh yeah, yeah they did. Yeah, they they, did, they, did. they already did the tough 26 tryout. I have no idea who was um who made it to the next round, but uh, there were a lot of names there that you would expect, like Roxanne Mataferi was there. Um, God. I got. I can't freaking think off the top of my head. I know Andrea Lee wasn't there, which is surprising, because like KGB Lee seems like a promoter's dream. But yeah, I'm su- yeah, I'm surprised she. I'm surprised she's not in Bellator. Like, you like to kickbox? You like to do MMA? You you like to stand around? Oh, is she like, still in um? She's still in Invicta. What? That's crazy. It's well, technically Invicta and LFA, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty sure, like, yeah, Bellator would have. That that's that's like their wet dream, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, man, the the one twenty five, yeah, Claudia should just go up to one twenty five and probably just pretty much get that belt off rip. I, I don't see anybody, nobody I could think of that I I think could probably stop her from taking that strap. But you never know; crazier things have happened. But um, yeah, that was a uh, pretty much it for the co-main event. Uh, this next fight, I'll be honest, I'm not too excited to even really talk about, but just just for the sake of, <laughs> I say we skip the fight part and just mention that Vitor won a bad, boring decision. Yeah, yeah. And, and we just mentioned the post fight. 
which was much more funny. I I think I skipped the post fight. That that didn't. After the fight was over, I was just kind of like, eh. All right, so <laughs> Belfort gets a very bad decision at home. Well, yeah, at home in Brazil, to the surprise of nobody. <laughs> um, he gets on the mic, talks about how the, like, entering the fight. It was mentioned by Belfort that this was his last fight on his UFC contract. He hops on the microphone and says. You guys got five more fights of Vitor Belfort, and you can swallow it. <laughs> or, or, or was it you can swallow me? Something like that. In the, I, I want to say it was the post-fight press conference. Dana White's like Vitor has to go back and look at his contract because he still got one fight on it. Hey man, was was Vitor? <laughs> what Vitor wants, Vitor gets. I don't know. Vitor lives in a different reality. <laughs> Yeah, that that fight was just kind of a lot of. I was hoping that just someone would get knocked out. Like I, I kind of was. Ho- I thought that's how the fight would play out. That eventually one of them two would just get clipped and somebody would just go to sleep. But it was a lot of just kind of sticking and moving. Vitor had a few spurts of. Vitor won the fight literally on like one blitz in the second round. Right. <laughs> like yeah, it, it wasn't. There's not a really a whole lot to break down about this fight. It just, it it was what it was. It was. Yeah, I, I, I for I for one can't wait till Vitor's and like Ryzen just like roided out of his mind. At this point, I feel like you might as well just yeah, you know like do the damn thing. Leave leave the UFC on your win, in in your hometown and well, yeah. uh, According to Dan, they still has one fight, so they're gonna they're gonna make them try to go on the loss. Because that's how they do business. <laughs> who, who who do we give Vitor? Who's who's Vitor send off? Kelvin Gaston. Uh, oh, that's what happened already. <laughs> um, I don't know, Robert Whitaker. Oh um, man, no, nah, don't do that. Don't do that for Whitaker. <laughs> do the I rematch. You know what? I wouldn't be mad at that. A rock. I, I wouldn't mind a Rockhold rematch or. <laughs> Still manages to knock him out, just on pure Probably. luck. Probably. You know what? It's gonna be an interesting fight. Where, where's your Raya Hall been these days? Uh, Chilling. Do 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 that fight Hopefully. because I feel like those are both two guys that just like. Yeah. You just don't know. Like <laughs> that fight would have a big question mark over it. I feel like somehow Uriah Hall would, might find a way to lose that fight. Yeah, he would, definitely would. Like, no doubt in my mind. I would say give him Dave Branch, but... Dave Branch sent the bigger and better things, my friend. Yeah, he, he's he's on the title shots. Hold on, how did Dave Branch win a fight and got bumped down? <laughs> did he update these rankings? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. He has the down arrow next to his name. And he, <laughs> and he won his fight. He beat the guy who's ahead of him. Right. <laughs> Why are disrespecting Dave Branch, the the dual wielding, or well, once once dual wielding champ? Like that's that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. But uh, yeah, I, 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 think, I think it's serendipitous that uh that Max Holloway ascends to you know UFC championship hood on the same day that. His fellow former 19-year-old debutante, uh, Vitor Belfort, 
tries to leave the UFC prematurely. <laughs> oh man, yeah. That... Like, I want you to think about that. Imagine if ten years from now, Max Hall, like, would it be ten years from now? How old is Belfort? Probably, I want to say like thirty-seven. Let's see. So forty. He's forty. Yep. Gordon so, Dog. Imagine fifteen years from now. Max Holloway is still in the UFC and still ranked as a top fifteen. <laughs> I feel like by then he'll be at lightweight, but if he's still at featherweight at forty years old and he's still like wrecking dudes. He's just trading wins and losses like sometimes right. <laughs> sometimes he gets knocked out. Oh Lord. Like I think Jordan Breen said it best, like Vitor is like MMA's most MMA fighter ever. Like, <laughs> he's he's the like, he's the con man slash overachieving slash underachieving talent. And somehow he's been making it work this entire time. Like, like this man is WWE inside the UFC. This man's debut gimmick was that he was the he was named Victor Gracie. <laughs> hey man, if you can make it work, hey, dude, hey. he's straight up just like the Hulk Hogan of MMA. Like, he, Vitor Belfort knows how to get paid. He will find ways to get paid. Even if it means just, like, freaking just up and leaving. I was saying, if he goes to Ryzen, I know that they're, they're going to give him a nice paycheck and let him take all the drugs and... It'll be like when, uh, it'll be like, uh, when Hulk Hogan went to New Japan and he just, like, completely shat on the WWF. <laughs> hey, you just hear Vitor say, I'm always a Ryzen fighter. <laughs> Fuck Dana. <laughs> he, just, he takes his like UFC title and just his like um, replica UFC title. Just like this means nothing and just chucks in the trash. He's got a bright future, even at forty. He's, <laughs> he's got he's got, he's got a bright future. Like I imagine when Vitor's retired, he'll like he, like done done. He'll just become like a politician in Brazil. Oh lord! Like I see that in his future. Where's the Vitor documentary at? Where's his thirty for thirty? Like this, this dude, like dude, this dude has so many gimmicks. Like the old young lion Vitor, the dinosaur Vitor, <laughs> CRT. <story. laughs> like, they've all worked. They've all worked somehow in some strange way. God, he is a bless, bless, bless Vitor's little heart. He, he's making it work, and I feel like his best days are still ahead of him. <laughs> he's, he's got a he's got a bigger purpose in life <laughs> he's gonna realize it outside of ufc this dude's gonna cash a major paycheck some way somehow hey man i'm not i'm not mad at you get get your money in brazil like watch i wouldn't doubt it i wouldn't doubt it even though go brazil with... has a president i'm i'm an american fuck <laughs> go go get your money vitor <laughs> but on uh on to this next fight, uh which looked like a superhero showdown. Alright, let me not uh Paulo Why did I think his last name was different? Borachina? Yeah, but they listed as Paulo Enrique Costa on Sherdog. Borachina like Oh, that's his like nickname. It's, it's like Henan Burrell, how Burrell isn't really his last name. Oh, okay. Alright, yeah, because they, they called him Borachina. So Paulo Borachina and Oluwa ah, 
Oluwale Bambose, or I always call him Bomgoose, even though it's, I know that's not how you say it, but um, this was a fun, <laughs> this is a fun fight. Oluwale is an interesting guy to watch. Just the first round was just him. <laughs> There's tons of foot movement. These just violent outbursts of strikes, but I could I could tell the entire fight like what was gonna unfold. Like Oluwale just kind of emptied his wad out too early in the fight. Paulo played pretty good defense, even though I'm pretty sure some of those hits hurt because Oluwale's just a stupid strong athletic dude. But you could tell Paulo was just waiting for him to just kind of gas out. And then he just kind of took over. He landed a lot of, uh, not a lot. He landed a few hard body kicks. And then I think at one point he, um, he had a Wale back on the cage and kind of just ripped off a, a ton of body shots. And I think a Wale's downfall, he like, he did a kick and he slipped. Cause I don't think he got like rocked or even countered. I think, I think he threw up. Did he? I, 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 I think he got, I think he threw a kick and got either taken down or just like the crab beat out him. I can't remember. Yeah. He he threw a kick and then somehow ended up on his back. And then, yeah, he pretty much just got his face pounded in. I mean, he covered up, but he, he wasn't really offering any kind of resistance. And... All right. All right. So I'm going to read you all of Oluwale Bambose's like rankings in martial arts. I, I want you to, I want you to stop. Tell me to stop. When you get the one where um he he does the double hand axe chop, <laughs> <laughs> like, I forgot about like, that. Like like he was fucking um, God like the Miz or something. <laughs> so he is a black pri uh oh God I'm never gonna pronounce this word, Prajid in Muay Thai under Pride veteran Luis Arzaredo. No, He's not learned that from them. He is a black belt in Taekwondo. Definitely under, under John uh, Joel Montero, he's a black sash in kung fu. I have no idea under who. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! He's a black belt in BJJ under uh, Jose Luis C uh, Castro Calamatori, and a green belt in Shotokan Karate. He also calls. He also fights off of a team called Boxers of Wushu. And Holy War Angel MMA. Oh Lord. So, I, uh, so like, wh where did we see the double hand, uh, the double-handed axe chop uh, um, coming from? I don't know. I've, I've watched a lot of martial arts movies. Uh, I don't, I don't think Wushu. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna. You can definitely rule out Muay Thai and Taekwondo. He, he God, I feel like he just made that. There's no way an instructor sat him down. I was like, "Listen, man, <laughs> this is this is the secret technique." When like, you get in trouble, <laughs> you, need, you need to throw the double axe. You need to throw both your hands and in, in like like your Ricky Steamboat off the top rope. Oh my god! <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe hold up. Who who was his? Did it say who his kung fu teacher was? No. All right, so I'm gonna say. He probably learned that in the Kung Fu. Maybe he went to like a Mick Dojo. Because they don't, they, don't, they don't list his teacher's name. So I'm going to say he went to a Mick Dojo. And uh, yeah, this was like the final move they taught him. So he could get his black sash. Like this was the final like 
Well, like an anime, and yeah. like they teach you that that last technique <laughs> before they send you off on the journey. This this is what he learned at the McDojo, and it. I mean, it was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. If, uh, I guess it landed technically. He, I don't think it uh, did. Uh, he, he I, tried. I, I, I don't remember to be honest with you. I, I remember. I, I remember all aboard Chinya's offense though, because that was awesome. Yeah. Just, he he that's was a great. strong dude, man. That's a dude, like, that's a big guy. Um, I've seen this comparison. I, I kind of agree with it. Like, if anybody has seen um, Overeem when he was doing the kickboxing thing, he fights like that, where he will just march guys down, push them against like the, I guess the corner. Like he'll clinch with them. He'll, just, but he will just un- unload a barrage of attacks. He won't crowd himself. He won't like give his opponent um, room to move or like accept defeat. And he'll just be so big and so strong in there that they can't do anything about it. They can't get away. They can't, like, try to engage in the clinch because he could throw knees up the middle. And, like, he goes down to the body. It's just so good. Yeah. And he, he doesn't waste a lot of energy either. Like, and he fights really patient. Oh, yeah. Because that first round, he just pretty much played defense most of that round. Just kind of waited for opportunities when he had them. He's only 26. And, I like to point that out really quick. He's yeah, a, he, like he he's a good talent at middleweight, like yeah. it, especially in the division that doesn't have a lot of youth. Yeah. And he's built like a just he, he's built like a hundred eighty five pound over him. Right. <laughs> yeah, that he, that's a scary dude. Yeah, and those body shots were vicious that he yeah. landed in the second. Yeah, he yeah. I'm both say I don't I don't know, man, you gotta Whatever that little slap, that yeah, don't don't do that again, bro. That, <laughs> or if you're gonna do it, land it. Right, at least, yeah, at least land it. And you can tell, like, I feel like Paulo the whole fight just had this look on his face, like you know I'm gonna catch you, right? Like, <laughs> like he knew that the finish was coming. He just had to wait for it. And yeah, that that's a scary, dude. That middleweight, that's that's a scary. Whew. He's not ranked in the top. I'm guessing he's probably not in the top fifteen. But... Uh, that was only second fight in the UFC. Like oh, the fight, not, before... not not bad. Yeah, like not the fight bad. before this, he knocked out like Gareth McClellan in like thirty seconds or something like that. I think he's he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. He's probably gonna knock a lot of people out. Yeah, but uh, like, <laughs> if you saw him fight in, uh, he was a Jungle Fight champion, I think. Yeah, he fought in Jungle Fight. Um, he is not a very sound defensive fighter like to say the least he, he, he will get tagged eventually it'll be interesting if he could take a shot because Bambosa really didn't land anything here and Bambosa is explosive and like powerful dude if he landed it, it, it probably would have made a difference but he didn't because he was too he was too busy wielding the axe I guess I don't know <laughs> but, like, um, yeah Borchinia uh, uh, very interesting middleweight prospects in a division that doesn't have a lot of those. Yeah. Need all the youth you can get. Oh, boy. Youth um, is just dynamism. Like, a lot of the dudes who just end up being prospects at 185 are just kind of, like, there, you know? Like, like they're prospects by virtue of other, like, just the division having no standouts. Like, oh, this guy has a is pretty tough and has a well-put-together game and can win, point, uh, win on points a lot. But he, he he's not a guy who... Stands out. Uh, you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta take what you can get. Yeah, there are a lot of. I mean, I mean that at middleweight, there's, 
it's kind of one of those just weird divisions where, I mean, there, there are a lot of talented people, but age is starting to creep up on. Dude, like age is a problem in like most. Yeah, <laughs> age is creeping up on a lot of people down here. Age is a problem in literally every division ex above uh, from one seventy up. So it'll be interesting to see how the UFC combats that. Well, we'll see. We'll, I'm pretty sure he'll he'll find his way on some highlight reels, knocking some people out. All right, yeah, Burr Chain is gonna be a fucking problem. Yeah. Speaking of prospects, or once yeah. upon a time prospects, <laughs> um, everybody's favorite or once favorite prospect, uh, Eric Silva, took on Nancy Medeiros, and in in Eric Silva fashion, he in the fight where he looked like. One of the best <laughs> performances I've seen oh, from him dude, up until... Okay, okay. So, except for all the times Maduro's landed on him and he just kind of crumpled, this is the best Eric Pizzolo ever <laughs> <in the world. laughs> Hey, I mean, in in recent memory, he looked, you know, I mean, okay, so... Uh, technically, technically, not like yeah. athletically, because athletically he's obviously looked a million times better. Yeah. So, like, he, he got dropped pretty early in the first. If, I guess that was a drop. He got caught... Uh, put a punch like kind of behind the ear but he recovered pretty yeah he recovered pretty good um pretty much mostly striking i believe pretty much for most of this fight i, I think though as athletic as silva is i just think yancey probably just a bit more crisper with the hands um even though silva did land some good shots he actually landed um he did a really nice i can't remember if it was the first or the second he did a it was a spinning back kick and then Yancey tried to counter, and he did this really just slick kind of, like, roll out the way, and then he countered with a left hook, and it it stunned him just a, a tad bit. Mm -hmm. I think that was what ended the first round, and so, like, he, yeah, he, Eric Silva looked really good, and, Dude, yeah, like I said, other than the times. He, he didn't, like, gas, like, right. when he was getting, like, when the fight was stopped, he, was, he wasn't gas. it was just because he got hit really hard. Yeah, and he ended with, uh... Yes, he definitely started to... Dude, it's also, he's not even like he fought at like a slow pace. Like he was fighting at a decent clip, and he was still going. He was still looking good. Right. He just got his ass beat. Yeah, he just... yeah. Yan I think Yancey was just a little more technical with his, his boxing, and then he landed with... I think it was a right first, and then he came back with a left that just floored him. Mm -hmm. um, I do think, though... I think they could have let this fight go a few more seconds. Just a few. Like, I, he, he did get rocked. But I think he was still somewhat <laughs> cognizant of what was going on. Like, it's not like he was lifeless on the floor. I think they could have gave him maybe another three seconds. But I guess he did hit that ground pretty hard. Like, I yeah. think his head literally bounced off <laughs> the octagon. So, But, yeah, I, I kind of wish they would have gave him... I, I guess just considering how good he looked up until that point when he just caught a right left and just kind of got floored. Yeah, Eric Silva is a... Yeah, he has these Overeem moments where it's like, he, no matter how good he looks in the fight, you just get this feeling that he's gonna find a way to lose. Yeah. And, yeah, he unfortunately... Yeah. <laughs> he just found a way to lose. 32 years old. Looks like he's, like, pushing 40. 
<laughs> he fights like that. Like, like yeah, he, it just feels like when you're watching, you're watching a guy who used to be athletic, and is now like old. And it's weird because he's only, like you said, he's only thirty two. But good, um, good one for Yancey. Good, good performance from Yancey. Kind of like how uh, there were a couple moments where like he got tagged and he even got his Nate Diaz on. Where, like, he was really feeling it. Kind of feel like somewhat in a similar vein of the Holloway fight where, like, I kind of feel like he knew that he could win this. He just needed to, he just needed to put together the right, the right little combination, the right moment. And it, it, it definitely came. <laughs> Man. He rode so. his, bo- he rode his boy getting a title shot. Yep. So. He is on a two-fight win streak. Well, Medeiros is. Eric Silva, I think, is now alternating between wins and loses. Or losses, yeah. I should say. Yeah, Medeiros at Welterweight has been pretty interesting. I'll give him that. Like, beat, like he beat the way he beat Sean Spencer. Um, and this fight, like he, he, he looks good at Welterweight. It's... Yeah, he, he's a solid a solid guy. Like, he'll, I think he'll be one of those like mid-tier kind of just outside the top 15. Yeah, he's always good for a fun fight. Uh, yeah, pretty much. That's a guy who can open for you on Fox. Right. And he can flatline people, as we... Well, wasn't a flatline, but he he, he rocked him pretty hard. <laughs> for Eric Silva, I'd, I'd, to be honest, I just I don't know what to say about him anymore. Like, I, I don't know why I still... Like, I see his name on a card... And for a brief moment, I let myself get excited until I remember <laughs> like, all of the times that I've gotten my heart broken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I like the work that um, Cordero's doing with him. Like, if if he's going to stick around, I hope he, stay, I hope he stays with Cordero because I think that's where he's at, right? They mentioned something. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he's with somebody new. I mean, and obviously what... Whatever he's been doing as of late, like it's it's partially working. Like, yeah. he you, you you saw it's not like he got dominated or anything, but you know I guess there might be some things they still need to tweak, or he just just some limitations. Some, some yeah, like. I say he might just be one of those guys that you know we 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 thought his we we overestimated his ceiling. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> uh. Uh, I guess moving on to the main prelim. Uh, I guess we'll cover this fight, and then we'll kind of breeze through these other one, then we'll get to the the other topic of discussion that I know you're you're, you're waiting to get to. But um, Rafael Asuncao or Rafael Asuncao and Marlon Marias. This, this fight finally happened. Been waiting for Marias to make this jump for a long time. Um, this was a a very methodical. Not as eventful as I hoped, but at the same time, I wasn't surprised that it went the way it did, being that they threw Mariah Satisunsau, who I believe is ranked he's number three. Yes. I believe. So, yeah, like, in no way did I think this was going to be an easy fight. Um, they gave the split to Asuncao. I feel like you could have made an argument for either or, but I do want to say, though, so the judges scored, uh, first judge was 29-28 Mariah, second judge was 29-28 Asuncao. Third judge gave it thirty twenty seven to a sunset, and I, I don't know. Bullshit. Yeah, I don't know what fight he saw. I, I, 
I think I'm pretty sure I clear cut gave Marias the third. It's a the, really good thing that most of the fight the fights on this card did not go to decision. Right. <laughs> we would have seen a lot of uh there would have been a lot of puzzle faces and a lot of disgruntled just yeah. But I mean I I am not mad at the decision. I guess you could make an argument for either or because I I, I thought Marais won. Yeah, I I I scored at 29-28. Marias, I think I, I think I gave him the second and third. A Sunsau landed a really big right in the first. That, that, that was probably like the biggest. That was probably the biggest strike of the entire fight. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like outside of that moment, it was a lot of them just kind of, you know, picking their shots. Marias definitely countered really, really beautifully. Um. Yeah, they they were both being really cautious, I guess, probably respectful of each other's skill sets. Um, I, I think maybe Marias could have, well, I don't know what that judge saw for 30-27, but I think if Marias could have had a moment like a Sun Sao did, like with that right hand, like one of those just major defining hits, mm -hmm. or just a couple of those that maybe he could have got the decision his way, even though I, I thought he won the second and third. But uh, for his debut, I still say, you know, not what I'd hoped for, you know. I wanted him to get the win, but for him to be thrown in at you know the number three guy and only lose the split decision, I think it it still at least shows that he belongs at this stage, that he can hang with the top dudes, even if he, you know, he came up short in this one. Yeah, um, like I I don't know if we made this point when the the fight was announced or whatever, but. Marais was never going to look amazing against, like, a Sun Tzu unless he just went out there and just knocked the Sun Tzu out with a head kick or something. Right. Because a Sun Tzu's not a guy you look great against. If you if anybody remembers the Dillashaw fight from 200, where Dillashaw, like, buddied him up and everything, uh, unless you're like, a, a technical a analyst and you, you, you really, like, get a... Uh, uh, like you really get into the nitty gritty of that, it, it probably wasn't all that exciting a fight. And TJ Dillashaw probably didn't look am as amazing as he actually was because is a really def like smart, defensively minded fighter who knows how to win fight rounds by like having those big moments like he did at the beginning of the first, at the end of the first, where he just landed those like right hands to steal the round. Uh, like he he minimizes risk better than a lot of people realize, I guess. And he is just so hard to look good against. Uh, there's a reason this dude ran on like a what was it, like a seven fight win streak, eight fight win streak, or something like that. Yeah, probably should have gotten a title shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kind of bypassed him over. Yeah, but. It's also the reason why, all, like, a lot of his fights with, like, the higher end of the division go to, like, splits. It's because he, he's always riding that line. And I guess, today it worked. Uh, not today. Saturday it worked for him. Um, Like, as for Marais, like, I think a lot of the mistakes he made in this fight can kind of be traced back to the fact that he's fighting guys like um, Redding House. <laughs> uh, let's see who else. Uh, Josh Hill. What's it, Josh Hill? Josh Hill. No, not J Josh Hill. I think is the exception. I'll get to that in a second. Um, Josh Reddinghouse, Carson Beebe, um, 
not shaman. Uh, like Joseph Barajas, uh, Jose Naldo Silva. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I I think we see evidence of this in the first Josh Hill fight, where Josh Hill was this big athletic like, not. As a matter of fact, Josh Hill reminds me a lot of Rafael Sunsau. Like, he's just this big athletic dude who can, like, pot shot you to a decision. And he's not exciting, and he can kind of wrestle. He can't, but he kind of can. He's not going to take, like, he's not like, this explosive dude, but he's athletic, and he hits kind of hard. And he can slow the face, pace of a fight down really, like, really well. And I think when Moraes is faced with somebody who's as athletic as him, and maybe who can't match his speed, but who can deal with his speed, it, it causes him to shut down a little bit. Right. Like he, yeah, you he, could tell he he couldn't get his offense off as much as we've seen it before. Yeah, and um, I I, I think it's a product of just not having to ex- overexert yourself when you're when you're um fighting these like these Redding houses and your BBs and your Jose Naldo Silvas. And you just kind of come, become complacent because there was like there were moments in this fight where I'm like, that's something you do when you just have a clear athletic advantage over the other guy. Like he tried to hit a running knee tap in the second or first or second round. That was just from like five feet out. <laughs> and he, he he's reaching up and he's reaching down for like the shoulder and the knee, and a sunset literally just steps out the way. Yeah, he tried the Frankie take though. Yeah. And, <laughs> Asensio steps out the way and just complete—he just completely misses touching him, like a mile. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I just wish he could have got a little more off, but I get it. Asensio didn't make the night easy for him at all. Like this—that that was gonna be a tough fight. Um, pretty sure though he'll he'll be back. I'm and I'm pretty sure though. I think I think they'll give him another top guy. Um, pretty sure he'll he'll still get a name. But like I said, it's not like he lost his fight badly. Probably, arguably, could have gave it for him. I don't know what that thirty twenty seven judge. I have no idea what fight they watched, but um, I feel like for a Sun Sal though, even though he gets this win, like I feel like he's one of those guys that like no matter how much he wins, they just don't like he 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 doesn't get any kind of like recognition. Like literally his. In his last, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So roughly ten fights, his only loss has been to TJ. And yeah. then before that, it was Eric Koch, and that was back in 2011. When he was a so like, Right. So, like, this is a guy who's been, you know, he's been handling business, but, like, he just doesn't. The reason a Sun wins fights is the reason he's never going to get a title shot. Like, I hate to say it. Yeah. I, 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 I really hate to say because I thought he should have got the TJ title shot like, as soon as yeah, TJ he got the title. Yeah, he, and, and have, he, but... kind of, he kind of got misfortune because he broke his ankle and he kept breaking it and he, like, he missed a year of fighting. And that year, Dominic Cruz comes back, Chloe Garbrandt gets hot, uh, Jimmy Rivera beats Uriah Faber, Thomas Almeida becomes his like fan favorite. Like, like, I I get why he doesn't get a title shot, you know? Yeah. But it, it, it sucks. It does. Yeah. He's he's kind of like a, a Damian Maya in a sense. But, well, but actually, I can't say that because Maya at least he'll get a finish. He'll well, even that and like Maya has the straight jujitsu 
like purists who, who like yeah. grappling purists who like appreciate them. Like a Sun Sal, you could be a boxing purist and think a Sun Sal is boring as crap. Yeah. Might be boring, but it's effective. But yeah, unfortunately, in this age, it's probably not going to get you a lot of looks <laughs> for <laughs> for a title shot. Yes, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it, it, it sucks. Does. But it sounds out is very good. Good, good performance by him. Solid performance from Marias. Also, still looking looking forward to his his next fight. Dude, um, um, for... if that had been against like Brian Caraway or like an Eddie Wineland type. He might have murked. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he might. He might have done. He, he might have done really well. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm convinced that that version of him beats those guys. Those, yeah, because he was really technically sound. Like I said, the, the counters were beautiful. Just a sunsau. Just yeah, a sunsau. Just a sunsau, man. He he's he is really that good. Just kind of gets overlooked. But I'm pretty sure Morales will be back with a vengeance. Um. All right, as for the rest of these prelims, I guess, because we still got one more topic to get to, um, we'll just kind of breeze through the rest of these. But I do have some notable shout-outs, so I'll just go straight down. Uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. with a rear naked choke submission win over Eric Spicely. Uh, Matthew Lopez, I, I guess you would call that an upset? <laughs> uh, uh, like Johnny Eduardo's ranked because he knocked out Eddie Wineland in a fight he should have never been the underdog in. Like, when was that fight? Like, three years ago? Four years ago now? Something like that. <laughs> but, yeah, that fight happened in 2014. That's why he's ranked number 10. Because people don't pay attention to bantamweights, and they don't freaking get the rankings right. Well, but, Lopez stole all that thunder. Uh, TKO win, in which he he looked pretty good. Uh, looked, looked pretty good in that. Definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Well, just re- really quick. I don't remember who it was. Was it Yamasaki who ref this one? Uh, yes, it was. Okay, Yamasaki. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, he ate a lot <laughs> of additional punches it, that it just had shouldn't. Over twenty. Yeah. Like just extra punches where he's not—he's bridging on one arm and not defending, and he's just not moving. And yeah, it was—it was almost somewhat like reminiscent of uh. That uh, was that fight. Maybe not as bad, but the, the Munoz Wadman. Yeah. Where, like, that, he's just getting yeah. brutalized. Yeah, I don't and... think it was as bad as that one. Cause not as that bad, but it, it's in a, in a similar. One. Yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah, Munoz was basically dead in that one. But, yeah, in this fight, Johnny was clearly, like, there was no. Escape. You, it was over. Like, yeah, it, it, was, it was a game. It, it, remi- it, it reminds me of a shorter version of, like, Stipe Mayochik, Mark Hunt. Yeah, something like that. Or, like, Mark yeah. Hunt is still, like, there. But he, he, there, there is no reason they should have let the fight keep going. Right. But <laughs> great, great win for Lopez. Uh, well, moving on to the next fight, this was a pretty, uh, pretty big upset, I guess you could say. Brian was it Kelleher? Is that, yep, saying Brian that Keller. right? Brian Keller. And that was his his UFC debut. Uh, he got a rear naked. I'm mean, not rear naked. Sorry, a guillotine choke over Yuri Alcantara. Um, and I remember they had uh Brian's backstory, like he was. I remember he was homeless. He was, like, sleeping in the gym. Like, he had been trying to get in the UFC for, like, 10 years or something. Yep. Dude, crazy like that. Dude and... beat um, Julio Arce in Ring of Combat to be the bantamweight champion there. Beat him twice. And has just been very insistent on social media that he needs to be in the UFC. And, and uh, this is a, like, 
really significant win because Yuri Akatara hasn't been submitted in like eight years or something. Yeah. I mean, like for your debut, that's that's a great win to to have on your resume. So yeah, man. Shout out shout outs to him. I don't, the Brazil crowd didn't appreciate him too much, but <laughs> I, I wonder why. <laughs> shout outs to him. Uh Vivian Pereira uh got a decision over Jamie Moyle. Uh oh, I'm gonna butcher this guy's name. Luan Juan or Luan? Luan Chagas. Luan Chagas uh, got a rear naked choke submission over Jim Wallhead. And, oh, Lord, I'm going to bet you this. Uh, Div- Davidson Figuero- uh, Figueredo. Okay, there we go. That guy <laughs> got a TKO win over uh, Marco Beltran. Uh, oh, I just okay. real quick. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Were you going to bring it up about Marco Beltran? Oh, no, I didn't, I didn't see this fight, so I, I, I have no idea what happened. Okay, so... um. I just want to give a big shout out and like a lot of support to Marco Beltran because uh, his mother died last week of cancer. Oh, and he still went through with the fight. Maybe shouldn't have, but he he did. And just like all the respect and all the our condolences to him. Yeah, that's to even try to stay focused on a fight with. So yeah, that's that's wild. That's. Hey man, that's why. That's why we love the sport, though. You get get dudes like that who kind of no matter what they're willing to put it out there. To put well, it, yeah, they're willing to willing to put it out there. You like you have to respect it. Um, I guess overall thoughts on this card. I I, I liked it pretty much. Aside from the the Vitor Marquardt fight, um, I pretty much enjoyed all of the fights that I saw, and we got to pretty much see a star be born in Max Holloway. So UFC 212 gets a, gets a thumbs up for me. Same, same. Um, I just want to give uh, another quick shout like Luan Chagas on the prelim. Uh, um, that, like, Chagas is a dude who debuted like on short notice and beat the crap out of Sergio Moraes. Um, then he fought Eric Silva, and after beating him up for like a round, he gassed. And Eric Silva, he gas fighting Eric Silva. What <laughs> uh, are the odds? Yeah. So, um, but in this fight, he was out like he was out there. He looked like a real fighter, like not just like this athletic freak show dude, but like he he was putting combination together. He was angling off. He was like fighting at a really good pace, even though even though like he's been known for gassing, he wasn't like this hectic pace. He was just always in Wallhead's face, and like he eventually. Be a rocks wallhead and submit him, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Chagas at welterweight because if you can do what he did to Wallhead, where he's just moving and everything like that, he's only 23. It, I I like his chances of being a really good fighter. So just a shout out to him. <sighs> All right, to this uh what, before, before let's just get to this other little bit before I I just completely melt down. Please. <laughs> um, uh, I guess really quick, Bellator teased a uh, well. They, I, I get. I I don't know. Maybe they were just gauging um, like crowd reaction and audience reaction, but they teased uh, us with the thought of a one night welterweight tournament featuring the top guys in that division. And considering like guys like Lorenz Larkin and Rory McDonald, um, we're pretty openly like 
talking up like Steve Coker after they signed and be like, you know, this guy believes in us and he 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 has ideas and like we're a part of his plans moving forward. I I I, I don't think they would have difficulty putting it together, like n- not the drama difficulty that we would probably have in the UFC, but like you get to look at costs and everything like that and I don't know. It's an interesting idea considering Beltoy has become Beltoy's best division. And there's rumors of um, Ben Askren possibly coming back. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's just in the one championship, just kind of ragdolling people. So <laughs> He's out there ragdolling like, teenage Malaysian boys. So. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad at that. But, hey, shout-outs to Bellator for daring to be different. Okay, and... um. Uh, I, I guess sticking with Bellator or, or just sticking with one of their fighters, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz. What was it? this? Would be three, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's being floated. Yeah, not, for, for better or worse. Not by Tito Ortiz, who said he just loaned Chuck Liddell money if he needed it, but yeah, I, I mean, I'd watch it. As much as I would complain about it, yeah, I'm, I'm. If that gets announced and it's official, sadly, I'm in front of the TV and, and, supporting and, malarkey that I know shouldn't happen. But and all you wise asses out there who who like talk down about it, at least you'd be talking about it. So right. yeah, and everybody uh, loves the Ice Man, man. And right. uh, this last bit of news, I guess, is a uh, war machine. He's going to jail, probably for the rest of his cool. life. Yep. Which he will probably end himself in prison. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, 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 um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to add to that. We got him. <laughs> the dude's been a nutcase, to, to say the least. Like, I'm, I'm surprised it took this long to get him behind bars, but yeah, we're, we're not going to be hearing from him for, uh, uh, like, a very, very long time. I mean, you say that. Like I, I wasn't kidding when I said he's probably going to kill himself. No, no, I, I don't doubt it. Like he's Sadly. he tried to like two years ago, three years ago, and he managed yeah. to you know, save them. But like I, I I don't get the like the the I don't get the Schadenfreude I guess that everybody else does. Like you want people to turn around and be good. Yeah, but and there, there are just some who are just some too people far that gone. just yeah, and I guess for me yeah. it, it sucks because I, I I don't like seeing people that have talent or like a way to better themselves just kind of do what he's been doing like this whole time. It's just like yeah, at this point you just deserve whatever happens to you. Like I, the, the the any pity I might have had is pretty much out the window. Yeah, now. Like, I, I, just, like, I don't pity War Machine. Yeah. But, but like good good riddance. <laughs> like that's like he deserves to be in jail. Like yeah yeah no doubt no no question about it. it yeah he if if only that so Christy Mack can have her justice. Right. But yeah so he, yeah he's probably getting life so yeah that's uh that's pretty much for 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 that side of MMA news. But we got one more topic to. <laughs> to get to uh you know what i'll let you uh 
I'll let you handle this this intro. I know you got a lot to a lot to get out. <sighs> All right, so um, I, I don't even know where to begin. So, as all of you've heard, the fight at UFC 213 between Cody Garbrandt, bantamweight champion, and challenger TJ Dillashaw, two coaches from um, Tough 25, is off because Cody Garbrandt is in Germany right now, I believe still in Germany, getting needles put in his back because he has serious back issues. And he thought six weeks before the fight that it was good that he would be able to make it back in time so he could train. Um, TJ Dillashaw immediately tweets out after like the news becomes official that if Garbrandt is not going to be able to make the uh, weight, the uh, or make the fight, he wants uh, flyweight champion Demetrius Johnson. Uh, Dana White catches wind of this and goes to the media and says that's what we're interested in and that's where all this shit just starts uh, falling apart at least according to Mighty Mouse so uh, Monday yesterday us time uh, Demetrius Johnson uh, unloads on I want to say, was, was it Facebook that he posted this? Oh, it had to be, because I, I know Twitter only lets you do a... Yeah, yeah, Twitter only lets you do 140 characters. This is well over... <laughs> so this had to have been like Facebook or maybe Instagram, but yeah, he yeah. he gave him a novel worth. He definitely gave him a novel worth. Yeah. Uh, so, t- so Dillashaw... Uh, Demetrius Johnson posts this long-ass post citing his grievances with the UFC because as you all I'm, I'm pretty sure most of you know almost immediately after Dana White comes out and says I, uh, we're looking to put this fight together uh, Demetrius Johnson's like I'm not, I'm not interested in the fight because I have a fight lined up that I'm talking about so in, in this post Johnson uh, gives his side of the story where for his for his eleventh title defense, his record breaking title defense, he wanted to. They were trying to put this fight together in Seattle, and for this fight, he won. The Sergio Pettis. I apologize for the abrupt DJ scratch you just heard, but due to minor technical difficulties, we had to re-record the last part of this conversation about a good three times. Uh, <laughs> Thanks to my co-host for being a good sport about it. Uh, well, without further ado, here's the rest of the episode. All right. Um, good Lord. Um, yeah, like, I, I can't remember where you stopped. All right. You know, um, fuck, I'm going to just plow through. I'm going to go from the top and just plow through. All right. I'll edit this in some <laughs> some fancy way. Uh, just let's just make sure that this people know that this is the third time we've tried. This. Yeah, we we we're trying here, people. <laughs> this All is right. not for lack of effort. Um. So Demetrius Johnson. Um. After Cody Garbrandt pulls out of UFC 213, 
TJ Dillashaw immediately calls out TJ, uh, not Demetrius Johnson for a flyweight title fight. Um, that, uh, sometime, I, I guess they wanted it for August in Seattle, the card that they were trying to put together. Um, uh, so, but before this, Demetrius Johnson had been talked to fight Ray Borg, a, a, a fight he didn't really actually want because he wanted uh, the Sergio Pettis fight. Yeah, which is yeah, we're fine, whatever. So challenges change all the time, but Demetrius Johnson finds this out because he gets a text from Ariel Hawani. Um, like after the fact, after Dana speaks with the media about like who uh, Demetrius Johnson is going to speak next to. So, it's at this point I should mention that Demetrius Johnson. I also been talking about I want he, how he wanted pay per view points for the Ray Borg fight because he apparently he had not received them up to that point, but he was stonewalled by Sean Shelby, who said that uh, the the flyweight division doesn't sell, and uh, that he would not be receiving uh, pay per view points for any fights he has at flyweight. Mind you, this is Sean Shelby, the 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 man behind the matchmaking for WEC. Hey, how fucked up is that? Yeah, I, I, yeah. As much as I'm, and I feel like it's so much to the story to read because the, the post right. really is really long. Yeah, I'll definitely we're not, do a link. We're not even have. We're not yeah, even have, <laughs> so, we're, so, there's um, a lot to just. All right, let's 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 just try to figure uh, finish this out. I guess. Um. So, um, so again, prior to TJ, Johnson's like, you know what? I, I wanted Pettis. I'll take Borg. I'll take the fact that they won't give me pay-per-view points. What? Fine, whatever. I want my 11th title defense. I, I want to prove that I am the best fighter of all time, best champion, UFC champion of all time. So, he, he so when he he does sit down to speak with Sean Shelby, they. I, I might have mentioned I can't remember. It is the third time I'm trying to explain this. Um, that Shelby explains that he he's not giving them pay per view points. Blah blah blah. He won't get any for any fights at flyweight, which sucks because Cody Garbrandt talked about moving down to fight him at flyweight to try and stop his title defense reign. And you know, I think that'd be cool. Um, but whatever you. Um, Johnson goes on to say that UFC's failed to market and promote him appropriately. Which is very true. Prior to his last, yes, prior to his last fight where he tied the record for most consecutive title defenses, he was he and his team actually were like looking at the UFC's social media. Uh, prior to the the, um, there weren't any posts until a few days into fight week, and at the, and even then there was only like two posts. I'm assuming the rest were about like um, who else was in that car? Michelle Watterson and uh, and Thug Rose. And Thug Rose. And compare like he compared like they failed to compare to all the other dudes who were on social media, whatever. Like he feels like they under they they definitely underpromoted him. Yeah, according to him, he's had conversations with Sean, uh, Sean Shelby and Dana Wade have just been like, yeah, we're not trying to promote you. 
And I think the biggest, <laughs> the biggest draw I got from this whole thing. Oh, oh we're not. We still, we're still, we're we're still moving forward because, um, because he to add to this, it's not in the post, but he was on the MMA hour with Ariel Hawani yesterday. Yeah, I, I forgot. Talked, I didn't get a chance to watch that. Okay, but he talks about how the UFC made him like do like what was it, six to eight hours. Of like just shadow boxing and interviews, like and just like promo stuff, and they didn't end up using any of that for this promotion. And he's like, he was so upset about that, that when they did the um, like the videography for um, Tough Twenty Four, he he told them, if you're not going to use the damn footage, give it from give it to me, and I'll use it for my Twitch stream. And um, the UFC's like, no, no, we're going to use it, and they. Did end up using according to him. They did end up using like a few seconds of it, not much. But um, yeah. So um, the the UFC they're forcing the TJ down the fight down uh, Johnson's throat. Um, Dana tells he want Dana tells Johnson he has to fight TJ for mul- uh, and for multiple reasons. Um, Demetri Johnson's like, I don't want that fight. First, TJ's never fought flyweight. He's never, like, even in college, I think he was, like, 133. He's never made flyweight before. And, and if he if he can't make weight, DJ doesn't get his title defense. So, but despite all this, Demetri Johnson does accept the fight. But he, but he wants... He wants it in the contract that if he doesn't make, if TJ Dillashaw does not make weight, he gets the fight. Uh, he gets his guaranteed purse, TJ's purse, and the fight is off. Which I don't think is unfair because Demetrius Johnson's made it pretty clear that what he wants to do is to break the title defense record. Right. He's made that. For, he's made that pretty clear for like a couple of years now. Um. So uh, another interesting point he brings up and why he doesn't want the fight is because, um, de- as previously stated, Sean Shelby state uh, said that a fight between Cody Garbrandt and uh, Demetrius Johnson wouldn't sell. Which is cr- <laughs> well, 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 well. Let's just follow the UFC's logic. If a fight between Cody Garbrandt and TJ uh, and Demetrius Johnson won't sell. How does a fight between TJ Dillashaw right. and Demetrius Johnson sell? Yeah, that that just doesn't make. Yeah, like he's like TJ is not a champion. I mean, if we're, if we're, I feel like if we're being honest. Like, and, and, I, and I've stated, and, I'm I'm not a huge DJ fan, but fighting Garbrandt to me sounds way more dangerous than than fighting TJ. Not not saying those either of those are guaranteed wins, but. A loss to Cody probably means you get flatlined in front of your hometown. But that's the, he's, he said if that, if they wanted to give him Cody, they'd, he'd take Cody, but they didn't give him Cody when he tried to get that fight made because they said the fight wasn't sellable. You see what I mean? Right. So it's like, what what do you so, pitch? Uh, <laughs> what are you pitching for TJ? And... Yeah. So, so okay, we're, we're getting to that because that's the, that is one of the most fucked up things about this situation. Um. So, 
uh, he was also very upset because it, it, you know, it undermines the flyweight division. They agreed that Ray Borg, they forced the Ray Borg fight onto him. And, you know, Ray Borg has had issues making weight, but he, he still beat a top five flyweight when he beat Drusier Formiga. Like, this is a slap in the face of the division, to, according to Demetrius Johnson, a division they never really wanted to promote. Uh, a division, like, they, uh, if this story is true, which every indication seems to be that it is, because this sounds, you know, right up Dana White's alley. Dana White, after DJ tells him his reasons for not wanting to take the fight, Dana White goes tells Demetrius Johnson that he's either going to fight TJ Dillashaw or they're going to get rid of the entire flyweight division. Right. <laughs> That's the part that I was waiting for. Like, when I read that, my mind just blown. Just like, who who says that? To like Dana White. right <laughs> like this is your and like and i've said this i'll say it multiple times i'm not a mighty mouse fan but even for me it's like what like you scratch a whole division because your champ who by the way has only been nothing but dominant for the last however long <laughs> he's been fighting dominant and, <laughs> dominant and loyal right like, like this is a man who stepped in, like, this man is, like, uh, you want to talk about John Jones fucking up, um, freaking DC's career, John Jones just being unable to make, like, the, the date uh, has also fucked up, like, Demetrius Johnson's career. Like, I, I I can't help but feel like a lot of animosity that, like, he's gotten from fans is just because he's been, like, he's been the guy who saves the card when, like, other guys pull out and that happened in the first time the uh the Cormier Jones uh fight was scheduled at what was it UFC 178 I want to say yeah that's where he's supposed he where um god was it that card yeah John Jones is supposed to fight Alexander Gustafson but Gustafson pulls out DC gets put in, then Jones is forced out of the belt. Um, Side injury, and then the UFC has to throw on Demetrius Johnson versus Chris Cariasso. That's the first time, by the way. Because I. What's the second one? God. The. Um, was it the Dotson fight? Well, that, I can't remember if that was a replacement or. Or not, but the, the the point is well noted. Like, the, he's he was a company man, or I would say was is. Well, I don't know about in the near future, but <laughs> a company yeah. man in every sense of the word. Like he's done everything they've pretty much asked of him. He's he never gets in trouble. He he does everything you're supposed maybe, maybe to do as a champ. Like, and you just spit on him. Yeah, like, like, like what. One of Dana White's reasons for being so upset about like Demetrius Johnson not taking a fight was he was upset because he was taking away T.J. Dillashaw's opportunity. One, T.J. Dillashaw has a title fight at Bantamweight lined up already. He is doing this because he didn't want to wait for Cody Garbrandt to be okay to fight. Like, 
it, 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 it's such a slap in the yeah. fucking face. So like you you flip the whole situation like, and make are, it about not, and make it about TJ and like, it's like you are not just TJ Dillashaw's promoter. Right. You are Demetrius Johnson's promoter. Like, and like we I'm not sure if I mentioned it this time around, but I'd like to point out again, Johnson accepted the fight in terms that he would not be fighting that night. If TJ can't make weight and he right. wants his money, which, which is fair. You're right, very fair, especially for a guy who's never fought at 125. So, like that's. So the the UFC comes back and it's like, you know what? We can't do that, but we'll make sure Ray Borg is fighting on the same card, so you'll have an opponent in, in case like TJ can't make weight. Right. So, and, and I I realize this sounds familiar. Like it, it sounds like the Jones DC Manua situation, right? <laughs> but I, I'd like to point out this isn't John Jones making it to like weigh-ins and then DC finding out he's fighting Jimmy Manua because that's in the instance that John Jones can't keep his fucking life together for like six weeks. If they're expecting that, like if John Jones fucks up, it's going to be in June or early July, and DC is going to be able to like show up and know who he's fighting. You know what I mean? Right. Like, this is literally Demetrius Johnson finding out the day before who he's going to be fighting. Right. And Matt Hughes, like, said it best, like, is this a fucking smoker? Like, this is the best fighter on the planet. This is the best fighter on the planet fighting the best guys in the... You should know who he's fucking fighting. Right. Especially for, like, this is your history-breaking, potentially title shot like you can't just uh, and, and I really want to bring this up too like Demetrius Johnson was uh, mentioned that um, like all these people including Dan White talking about oh this is his first fight that people care about one fuck you Dana cause that, uh, fuck you just fuck you two like um, what was that what else this will be his biggest fight to date like one They've already mentioned he's never getting pay-per-view points. Like for a fly uh, for a flyweight fight moving forward. Like and TJ Dillashaw. I'm a TJ Dillashaw fan. I I will go like I, I get there's a lot of reasons why people don't like him. But I'll go to the bathroom because I just love watching fight. Dude's not a star. Like. People talking about oh he, he this is his money fight this is blah 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 no yeah this is not a money <laughs> you're not getting a million buys with TJ as your as your headliner like what was it he's done two cards uh the one seventy seven and where he was I guess the side and they did one hundred twenty five thousand buys and the one seventy three card which did two hundred fifteen thousand buys. Again, heading into that card, he was not only the underdog, but, like, the B-side. Not even the C-side, because Daniel Cormier was on the card. And he probably got pushed harder than TJ did. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, TJ Dillashaw's not, like, maybe he's a star to, like, hardcore fans, and, like, they're right. always tuning for his fight, but... He's a, he's a star in terms of if this sport went by just, like, talent, like, he would be... A top yes. guy, but yeah, but yeah, in terms of actual numbers and 
who draws fights and who doesn't. Yeah, TJ's not getting you. TJ's not getting you Connor numbers. He's not getting you John Jones numbers. He's, he's, he's not getting you three hundred thousand. Right. Yeah, he's not getting you three hundred thousand buys. Yeah. Which wouldn't matter because Demetrius Johnson is not getting pay per view points. Also, I like to point out, DJ brought DJ brought this up with with Hawani. The most fight Demetrius Johnson's ever gotten paid for a fight. The, the most, yeah, like the most money he's ever made for a fight was against Chris Carriasso. Wow. It wasn't the Dotson fight. <laughs> it wasn't the Benavidez. According to him, he made more money from the Moraga fight than he did from the Benavidez fight. That's crazy. Like, when we, we throw out big name matchups and shit like that, like, we should take it into consideration. We don't know what these guys are making. We, we don't know how much, like, they're agreed to and shit like that because... Like, like, like when he said that, my mind was blown. Like, he really made more money fighting Chris fucking Carriazzo than he did fighting Benavides and Dotson. Right. And those fights at the time were and, like uh, those were the top like fights of his those career. Those were fifty fifty five. Yeah. And I'll, oh my god, there was, another, there, was another, there was another major point here. I'll say I'll, I wanted I'll, to bring up. Um, God, uh, just get um, God like a promotion, blah blah blah. Um, oh, he brought up that if TJ uh, if TJ does fight for the title and he wins, there was no guarantee he was getting a rematch. Oh no, they straight, pretty... Jose, they, straight, they straight to Jose Aldo in him. Like, you know what they would have done? They would have said, "Oh, we have a super fight between Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw." Right. And TJ Dillashaw <laughs> would never come back down to fight with Right. And then that division just goes in limbo, and they just yeah. yeah. I want to throw out two two points real quick. Just for one, just just to go back to the whole um, if you don't fight TJ, we're gonna cut your entire division. Like <laughs> if you're other if 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 you're a one twenty five er in general, like what? How you feel? Right, like what is going through your mind right now? Regardless of how you feel about TJ or Mighty Mouse, like you have to feel some kind of way about that. That like Dana's willing to scrap <laughs> your livelihood because of one fight that he can't seem to get his way on, and it's just like I I don't I like they treat it like this fight with TJ is going to be like a groundbreaking like like this is going to change the sport around like this fight has to happen it's like it's not i mean don't get me wrong if 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 it were to happen it would definitely be an awesome fight to watch but i'm not you know is it really that important that you <laughs> you need to threaten an entire you, division you want to know what would happen you want to know what would happen you want to know what the realistic thing that happened was yeah. T, T, TJ and D, DJ fight, and DJ wins like a 48 precision. And people are upset because they think TJ was drained for the fight. And Demetrius Johnson continues to get underrespected among the fans. Because this man has knocked out Joseph Benavides. This man has, like, deep hands, like John Dotson. Like, this man beat an Olympic gold medalist in the clinch. <laughs> Destroyed. In, in under a round. Destroyed him. Like, 
let's just face it. Like at the end of the day, Demetrius Johnson is not, not going to get respect. And the, another but point this, I'll. I'll because yeah, another, another point I was going to bring something I, I saw interesting on, on Twitter the other day I can't I wish I could give a shout out to a poster I just can't remember who said it but they just, just to go all the way back to the flyweight division's inception and I think there's probably some truth to this um, they said this division originally was tailor made for Benavidez yes, and Mighty, yeah, yeah, yes. Mighty Mouse was just supposed to be along for the ride and like if 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 they were to switch positions and it was Benavidez who was on this tear and, you know, about to break records, like this situation wouldn't be happening right now. Like there would no, there would be no issue, but because it's mighty mouse and for whatever reason, people just, and like when, when I say I'm not a fan of mighty mouse, mine is just because he beat two of my all time favorite fighters, but I will never discredit like the fact that he, He's about to make history, and if he fights, <laughs> in my eyes, if he fights Borg, that's pretty much a lock for an 11th title defense, and, like, there's it, no doubt that he's one of the GOATs, like, easily one of the greatest fighters we've ever seen in the sport, but, like, they treat him like he's just, like, the stepchild <laughs> of of MMA, and it, it doesn't, yeah, it, it just doesn't, it's, it's mind-blowing, like, if, like I said, if, if I'm, not even if I'm just a 125er. Like, if I'm in any... If I'm any fighter, and I see this from my boss or my promoter, like, you can't feel comfortable with with, with this happening. Like, you, you just... You can't feel comfortable with something like this. And I know people are gonna say, like, oh, he should just man up and, and just take the fight. But, like, it's it's a lot bigger than... Fuck you! Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a lot bigger yeah, than just, oh, man up and... Respect. Yeah, like, it's the ultimate slap in the face. And I could see if DJ was, like, some middle-of-the-road dude who wasn't really winning fights, and maybe he just happened to luck up, win a few, and now he's getting a title shot. But, like, no, this is a guy who's been destroying people <laughs> for a long time now. Let's talk about, like, that logic, because by that logic, MMA has never had a real champion. Because I don't, I don't think people remember this. Anderson Silva tried. Anderson Silva and Ed Soares tried like hell to get out of the Chris Weidman fight. They did everything they could to slow that fight up. Weidman had to sit on the freaking sidelines for a year before he got that fight. Like, and do, do people not remember um, GSP making Johnny Hendricks wait while he went to go fight Nick Diaz? Yeah, it's, like, it's just. Like, these guys have their reasons. And when it comes down to it, it just seems like Demetrius Johnson's reason was just fucking respect. And they couldn't even, they, they couldn't even bother to just reach out to him on the phone. To, to say that they, this was their idea. Like, UFC's not supposed to be your boss. Right. Like... There's this weird logic, like logic that people have. Oh, they're the ones cutting the checks. Blah 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 blah. blah. They're supposed to be the promoter. They're, they're supposed to be helping their guys sell fights. And do, do not get me started on this bullshit about like flyweights don't sell, yada yada yada. Because they're still making you money. 
Maybe they're not making you Connor money or even Stipe money or whatever. But, like, if UFC 208 Brooklyn taught us anything, it's that the UFC is desperate for titles. Like, they need champions. They need titles to headline Fox cards and pay-per-views and to get these venues locked down because there are some venues that don't want the UFC unless there's a title fight. So I'm really I'm happy Mighty Mouse called their fucking bluff because the UFC put Holly Holm versus Jermaine Durand in a fucking <laughs> in a division that has like two people. <laughs> that, well, now they have one person. Right. <laughs> Jermaine Durand to be vacated her title so she can go back to 135. Yeah, like yeah, it's oh boy. And, and you know the fucked up thing? They made money on that card. I guarantee you they made money on UFC 208. And I guarantee you they made money on UFC Fo- uh, F- on Fox freaking Wilson Hayes versus Demetrius Johnson. Maybe maybe they're not happy with the money because they took out a $4 billion loan to pay for this freaking company that wasn't worth that much. Uh, like, But God damn it. It's making the money. It... it... It is what it is at this point. Like this could have been a whole they're episode. They're selling ad like, space. They're selling pay per views. Like it's bullshit. Yeah, it's this could have been a whole episode in itself. It's like it's it's, it's, it's so trying to reassert dominance over a fucking company that just has no respect for him anymore. Uh, as as a as a fan of the sport. I hope he gets his, you know, everybody deserves, even if I'm not a personal fan, you deserve your moment in history. So, like, don't don't botch this dude's chance to, to etch himself in stone <laughs> pretty much as, like, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, depending on who you talk to, like, to ever do it. Like, don't, don't, don't botch. It, I don't know, man. It's... You always want to have faith that they'll do the right thing, but that's like, those imagine moments they, are... Imagine... Like the closest that I've ever, I can remember them getting to this point is when they said they cut Anderson Silva, right? And we, and I think back then everybody knew it was bullshit. Yeah. But like, but like with the treatment of the flyweight division recently, they they, they usually cut three top fifteen, top twelve flyweights in the span of like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So. It's just a blatant disrespect. Yeah. <sighs> but <laughs> I guess we'll just leave that there. We we could go on and on uh, and 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 on. I believe I could be here that. all day. Just, yeah, we really could. Um, like I, I like I forgotten half of the things I wanted to say because of, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll have a part two because this saga isn't over. Like there there'll there'll be another part to this, so we'll we'll see how it all. The eventually unfolds but um i guess we're we're winding down to the end of the show um i guess uh, i'll uh part and shots and shout outs i only got one so i'll just throw mine out there real quick um i'll do my parting shout out to vitaly minikov uh i kind of feel like he just gotten lost in the sauce lately uh but he, he's still out there getting wins still one of the I thought he was signed to the UFC at one point. I guess that didn't happen. Either way, one of the best heavyweights still out there, not uh, in a Reebok gear <laughs> uniform. 
uh, he, he gave Bigfoot Silva the business uh, past, I don't know if that was Friday or Saturday, uh, on Fight Nights Global 68. So, shout-outs to him. Still still holding it down out there for the, for the heavyweights outside of the UFC. And you got anybody? Any, any last-minute shout-outs? Uh, I, I, I can come up with two. Um, shout-outs to Nikki Hoskin and uh, Cedric Dombe. Oh, yeah, round two. Round well, not two. Round, not round two. Well, but, yeah, rematch. But rematch, rematch, rematch. Glory 42 this Saturday, I want to say? I think so. Think um, so. Yeah, in Paris. Let's just make one of God's slow-ass internet. Um, yeah, Saturday in Paris. And uh, shouts to Derek Lewis. Fighting this Sunday in Auckland, where he'll face the, where he has a chance to make a bunch of just New Zealanders sad by <laughs> knocking out Mark <laughs> Derek Lewis, greatest living American. Hey man, gives the realest post-fight interviews you'll ever see in your entire life. Derek Lewis's life story like is just amazing. He's a hero. He 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 got drunk when he was nineteen. And was arrested because he got drunk while he was, while on probation for being the shit of a KKK member who pointed a shotgun at him. <laughs> that will never not be the greatest story. This like, this, like, and and after that, he, he just became a truck driver who just happened to meet George Foreman, and George Foreman's like, "You should really take up this fighting shit." And he did it, and, and it's been it. it's, it's been working. It's been working pretty good. Yeah, man, he he's an awesome story, fun character, fun dude to fight. That that's gonna be an interesting fight too. That's I don't know. He might send Mark Hunt out the door. I don't I don't know. I don't know how that fight's gonna go. Mark Hunt looks old, man. He he only got knocked out like what three months ago. Yeah, and Lewis can definitely put the lights out. That's that's a, that's a, that's a big boy, a strong big boy. Um. I thought I had another. Uh, nah, that was my only part. Of no, we mentioned Halsey earlier, right? Halsey and Slamenko. Oh no, we haven't. Um, we didn't. Okay, so that that'll yeah, that's a pardon shot. Uh, they had a rematch also. These guys sometime. had two fights and the, and like they haven't lasted like two minutes put together. <laughs> right. Slamenko <laughs> landed a body kick. Uh, pretty much shut the lights out from there, and I think it just went to a TKO. So, shout out to Slamenko, man, still out there just. Holding it down, but him, 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 and Manikov, former uh, Bellator champ, still out there handling business. Um, I guess just real quick before we leave, you guys, if you haven't already, Facebook page, go to your search bar, type Dojo Pod, ah, type Dojo Talk Podcast, hit the like button, uh, subscribe on SoundCloud, also on YouTube, and for the whole Mighty Mouse fiasco, like I said, I will definitely post the link to the article that has the full, like, excerpt so you guys can read the, the madness <laughs> that this is. And I'm pretty sure we'll do another episode on this. I, I don't think this saga is over. We'll, we'll see what other shenanigans uh, happen from from this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, that's... Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what else uh, to say. Uh, uh, Shouts to Max Holloway. That's all I got. <laughs> hey, man. He holding it down. Holding it down. 
Uh, but yeah, that's been it for for tonight's podcast. I'll try to edit this nice. Just sorry about the edits you guys will probably hear. We had some technical difficulties, but thank you guys for for sticking it out. But um, as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we'll be there to talk about it. Hopefully, uh, we will catch you guys soon. And until next time, peace.